We're talking about the grace of God in Christ Jesus that's come to us. I'm going to just rehearse a moment from last week and say again that grace, as I said before, is indeed one of the most dangerous topics in Scripture because of how many people have abused it. Uh, but just to say again, if you remember last week, we spoke about in Luke 4 where, in the, where Jesus came in Luke 4 and he said these words. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach this gospel to the poor, to preach recovery of sight to the blind, to preach deliverance to the captives. But then in that next verse in the Amplified, it said to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, or uh, which speaks to the year of Jubilee. But remember in the Amplified Bible, it says to proclaim the day when the free favors of God would profusely abound. Everybody remember that? Mm -hmm. Just say yes anyhow. <laughs> but I really want us to hear that. I don't, again, I'm so hesitant because I don't want it to just be words. Jesus Christ, I believe and I trust that you believe, was successful in his mission. And he came to proclaim a new age, an age where the free favors of God were going to profusely abound. They're going to be everywhere. The free favors of God profusely abound everywhere. Then remember in John 1, we spoke about it where John said, For of His grace have we all received, and we were, remember, all supplied, it says, with one grace upon another grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, even gift heaped upon gift. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. And it spoke again about just everywhere we looked when we walked with this man, what he manifested to all of us was just blessing upon blessing and favor upon favor, kindness upon kindness. Now remember Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus Christ was the physical manifestation of the invisible God. And he came to declare this brand new place of grace right now uh, where God has just touched our lives to the point that, again, we have an absolute freedom whom the Son sets free. is not just free, but remember, is free indeed. So again, it's a huge topic that, that in major Bible colleges, you know, they'll, if they're a good Bible college, they'll teach you for, for at least four and a half months on the topic of grace. I mean, every day, if it's a good one, because it's such a, a deep topic to go into. So what we're hoping to do is to provoke you to really study further. In other words, when you get done with eight hours of teaching here, I'm trusting that you'll put in at least 8,000 hours before you begin, <laughs> so that you begin to really communicate it. But now, again, so this grace of God is what we're talking about. So, again, most of the time the word grace, you'll see it in the Amplified, and I'm sure you've seen this. It says, the unearned, undeserved favor of God. That's what it will say when you see the word grace. It will say the unearned, undeserved favor of God. So just think about those words again for a moment as well. Unearned, in other words, you have to go ahead and accept the fact that what God has done for us has nothing to do with our deserving it. There's nothing you could have ever done to deserve what God did for us. There's nothing you ever will do to deserve what God has done for us. It is a gift we're gonna read in Romans 5 a little later. And a gift is something that has to be received. And because this is a truth that came from heaven, a spiritual truth that's been released about what God has done, it needs to be received first in your spirit before it will begin to work itself out in your flesh. In other words, in your life. Remember that everything that manifests in the flesh begins in the realm of the spirit. Because the realm of the spirit was the parent realm. It still is the parent realm. In other words, remember, the realm of the spirit is where everything is real. God is a spirit, 
those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And one of the words for worship there, it doesn't mean just we're going to sing songs to him in the spirit. It means that all of our approach to him has to be from a revelation of the fact that God is a spirit. He's not flesh and blood like we think of flesh and blood. But you have to begin to ask God by his spirit to reveal even that to you, that God is a spirit. That realm created this realm. That was the first realm. In other words, this is not reality if you were to be able to compare it to that which is reality. That realm was first. This realm was second. Are you following me so far? Now think about that. In other words, we're the creation. Is that correct? We're the creation. The spirit world is billions of times more real than this physical realm because it's the parent realm. So these things have come from a realm that our flesh and blood bodies and lives aren't really familiar. We're not comfortable with them. We're not used to them as, as, it, as, it, were, as it is, as it were rather. So it's, it's a whole training process that has to go into us to begin to walk, like the Bible says, in the spirit so that we don't fulfill the passions of the flesh, the pulls of the flesh, the, the things that the flesh wants to worship, the things that the flesh takes for granted as being normal and real. Uh, that's always been one of the greatest things that have ever struck my spirit years ago when God led me through that whole thing of understanding about the realm of the spirit being so much more real than this. He, I always remember, do you remember the prophet on the mountain once when all of the Syrian army was coming against him and the prophet's servant said, Lord, Lord, what are we going to do? You know, master, master, look at all these great armies that are arrayed against us. What are we going to do? And remember, Elijah prayed and said, Father, open up the eyes, open his eyes that he might see. And that's when his eyes were open. And of course, he saw this huge, this incredible heavenly host, didn't he? Right above his head. And then the prophet spoke to him and said, you must know that there are far more that are with us than there are that are against us. That in the realm of the spirit, he was able to see what was really happening. You know, I pray that almost every week in my life. God, please open my eyes that I might see what's really going on. But, you know, even the word, some of you have heard me teach this before, but even the word in the Greek for man is the word anthropos, you know, where we get the word anthropology in the study of man. You know, study of man, if you go to university, you study anthropology. But the Greek word anthropos is interesting as far as the root meaning of it. The word means, it doesn't just mean man. It means one created looking upward. One created looking up. Now, in other words, when God created man, he created one who was to look upward. Now, why that's significant to me is, is because we're trained all of our life to logically make decisions based upon that which we see right here in front of us. And of course, hell's job, Satan's job, is to get us to only live our life from what is right in front of us. In other words, to look directly in front of us or to look down, to be cast down and not look up. But God's made us to look up. Hallelujah. I, I just, I think that's great. And so it's something you have to train yourself to. I need to look to the things of the spirit and recognize that the spirit realms where everything's real. Well, Romans 12 is the next verse I want us to go to that's down here on the bottom of page four. And it's a very familiar verse to most of you that are in church, which is, of course, the verse that deals with us renewing our mind. But let's just read it. Romans 12, the first two verses. 
Paul said, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God. Now, even think how that think about it, about how that's worded. Paul is saying he's referring to 11 chapters of a letter that he's written to the church at Rome. And he said, I'm appealing to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all these mercies of God that he's been referring to and teaching about. He said, I I beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your body, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, and consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Verse 2, of course, is this verse that says, And do not be conformed to this world, this age. And the Amplified now, it says this. It says, do not be fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. In other words, don't fit the world's mold for what life is all about. 